Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. All right, John, well, we are really back now. Yeah, sports are sports on are TV. On. We're on TV. We watched watched the golf match last uh on Sunday yeah. and uh you know, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't quite as dynamic as when you got the fans there and you got the cheering and that kind of stuff, but hey, it was still good. And I'll say I have optimism now about my golf game. You know why? Why's that? Matt Wolf. Have you ever <laughs> seen that guy swing? Yeah, yeah. That's the first time I've ever seen him play. That yeah. is the oddest swing he's, i have ever seen so that i think i a, can i can make it Steve. he's got a crazy loop swing kind of like jim furick but oh man he gets goodness. it down on plane and gets turned he has a a fantastic delivery and that's what that's, counts in golf is that it's, what i'm missing the, the delivery, delivery. Okay. the delivery yeah. the last the last two feet yeah and your golf that's swing key, before yeah. impact that's where you need to work on that and he actually has a he's in a fantastic position but it was fun to watch it was and then nascar hey i mean i watched some nascar the darlington thing it was just as good as with fans. I mean, yeah, they don't show fans too often. They don't really show fans. You still had the pit crew. You mm-hmm. still had the interaction with the drivers and the spotters. And you know, hey, it was it's just as good to me. So I was, yeah, we're back, man. We got some things happening. <laughs> got you know, some sports. And this weekend, some, Tiger and Tiger Phil, Phil and yep. Peyton Manning and uh, Brady, uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be fun. That's a golf match. So. Got some stuff happening, so things are getting better here. So, um, you know, speaking of which, um, we got some interesting topics here because we're going to talk about the surprising COVID recoveries. You know, there are some parts of the economy, John, that are recovering surprisingly fast. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that because I think it's an upbeat story. It's it's something you wouldn't expect. And there's some things here that um, you just wouldn't expect how fast people are right back in the mood. Yeah, and there's certainly industries that are going to be lagging for a while. And and the the second discussion we're going to have is on earnings. And I found a really it's kind of a technical article, and we don't really go too technical too often, but uh, it just kind of shows how the market is thinking about this situation because the economic data is still horrible, right? I mean, the second quarter GDP is going to be down some crazy 40% number, but it's looking out into 2021 and 2022. And we're going to dive into that and kind of go through some some technical stuff, but it's very interesting and it really kind of gives insight and highlights how the markets react during these kind of times. Yeah, that's right. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience of providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations with planning for over 27 years and individuals too. Yeah. That's Some right. individuals work in there. Yeah, absolutely. And they <laughs> do. And they do. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly podcast. Um, we're up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can listen to it from your computer. You can certainly download it to your smartphone or smart device and uh, check us out anytime. Uh, also, a lot of resources on the website. A lot of planning tools that you can go check out, and we have a Facebook page, MoneyMD, that we put a weekly uh, prescription of the week on there. Yeah, and you can link to us there. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you, um, and we'll talk about it here on the show. Yeah, if you give us a good question. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, one of the industries, Steve, that is uh, still struggling, obviously, is the airline industry. This uh, comes from the International Air Transport Association, but it just talks about uh, some airlines are talking about taking out the middle seats. 
um, to have some level of social distancing. I don't know if that's occurring or not, but mm. they basically said with that lost revenue that they would have to increase ticket prices by 43%. Uh, in order to recover that, and I'm, I would that seemed like a high number to me because the middle seats are usually priced cheaper. Yeah, and right? there's not as many of them. I mean, because some of it's two and two yeah. on one side. Usually it's two and two. I, I didn't understand so that's that like number. Half, that's like saying like half your seats are gone, and yeah. that's not that can't be true. Yeah, so I I, I don't a know. Little I fudging mean, going on there. Maybe I think, so. Man. Yeah, but it definitely it's going to impact their their revenue. There's no doubt. Um, sure. I'm not sure airlines are doing that. I haven't seen. Um, and you they know, don't I'd, always fill every middle seat, too. No, that's, that's always that's, the last one to that's go. That's the last one to go. So yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there are going to be some changes. Um, there's no doubt airlines are going to be hurting for a long time. I looked it up. In fact, you know, interesting, another interesting stat. Normally, this time of year, there's about two and a half million. Um, there's a website that shows the security checks through mm-hmm. the airports, mm-hmm. you know, the TSA website. And uh, there's normally about two and a half million people checked in. Um it's only it's it's about two hundred thousand. It's like one tenth still. Wow. I'm looking at every day, and it's about <clears throat> one tenth the normal capacity going through airports. Mm. So yeah, I mean they're getting decimated. What yeah, can you say? Long so, way to go. Long way to go with airlines. But we're not talking about that because we're talking about the good stuff here. <laughs> there are some things that are recovering. John are set to recover pretty quickly, and I know it's hard to imagine. I mean, you know, the economy could be anything but dismal. Um, you know, for a long time. But I mean, there are some early, early indications that things may not be as bad as it seems. In fact, I mean, there are some facets of the economy that are really poised to rebound and in just a plain shocking way, given what we've been through. Um, I mean, you might think that the economy is absolutely dead after you listen to the kind of ongoing drum beat, beat that comes out of the press, particularly the financial press. They've just been beating up on it you know, trying to run down the economy, you know, then yes, there are 38 million people unemployed. I know like 14% unemployment. Um, and certainly uh, we're, we have a very slow restart to some things like dining, you know, 34 states now have some dining services that are available at restaurants, um, but it's a slow start. And, you know, other services in most states are starting to open up, but again, it's a slow start. I mean, however, um, you know, there is some evidence that people are ready to jump back into spending money in some areas without really giving it a second thought. Um, you know, despite the 90,000 deaths and, and one and a half million infections thereabouts here in the U.S., there are some data points that suggest that people really are looking at this as a very temporary situation and have every intention of getting fully back to work, spending money as soon as the dust settles. Yeah, and after looking at the recent data on the reopenings, I mean, you know, the slight chance of, of you know, death probably it doesn't look like it scares that many Americans. Now, certainly there are certain, right. you know, uh, demographics that have to be extremely careful with this. But, uh, you know, if you look at the, the opening data, it's pretty interesting. In a recent survey this week of consumers um, of what it said it would take for them to return and dine at their favorite restaurant, um, about half of them said it would only take a sign that said open. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. 20, 21% had already dined out since reopening, and uh, 31% wanted to see a reduction in the COVID cases before they went out and dined out. So about 70% were already doing food delivery and takeout orders, and only 12% expressed concern about the cost and indicated um, that they had less disposable income. So a lot of people are out and about. Yeah, a lot of people, you Starting know, to pick up. I think so, definitely. It's, it is kind of surprising in some areas like that. 
Um, you know, and that's not too bad considering restaurants are barely reopened at all. Um, you know, I'd conclude that people are going to be pretty quick to get back to normal dining once the opportunity arises. Um, and you can really see that here in Georgia and South Carolina where, you know, we've been reopened for a couple of weeks now. It doesn't seem to take long before people, Mm -hmm. you know, start getting back into their habits. Um, you know, and Hilton Head reopened their beaches this past weekend. And I sat down with a client just this week who had a daughter that just came from there, and he said the beach was packed. (laughs) He said it was packed, you know. So it certainly didn't take any time for people to get comfortable with that idea again. I mean, in fact, we're headed there for vacation, you know, this coming week, John, and as you know, with our family. And so uh, I'll give you a firsthand report of that in a couple weeks. But I get the feeling that people are not anxious about the virus so much as they're anxious about getting back out, getting away from home. Um, you know, I think it's going to be wall-to-wall people, yeah. as usual, Memorial Day week at the beach. I agree. Um, so we'll see, but uh, be very interesting. But one of the most shocking data points of all, though, John, this past week that came out is cruise bookings, which are through the roof for 2021. Hmm. Um, I know it's hard to believe because you would think that'd be the last place people would go back and feel comfortable with, given that they're all the quarantines and the 14 days and all that stuff. But, I mean, that's right. I mean, it turns out cruise the cruise industry is only mostly dead. <laughs> you know, people are already back to getting, planning to get back on ships in a big way next year um, to get right back to cruising, to the cruising lifestyle. And that's great news because, you know, I thought they'd have to offer like free helicopter life flights to get, if, for, if you got infected, to lure passengers back on the ship. But turns out not to be the case. You know, it turns out all they had to really offer was a free cancellation policy. Yeah, right. And people are right back in the mood of booking cruises. Yeah, and according to one cruise agent, um, you know, they're booking everything from river cruises to expedition cruises. Even the the world cruise business is back, and they, they say it's completely full. So, you know, across the industry, cruise lines from large to small, ocean going to river cruising, they're seeing very strong demand for next year and, and bookings for 2021 Cruises are certainly up. In fact, Carnival reported that bookings were up 200% compared to the same period a year ago, and that's due to the pent-up demand. And obviously, 2020, everybody's canceled. Right, right. So they're pushing it back. That's right. There's a lot of rebookings from this year. um, But there is apparently a lot of pent-up demand as well. I mean, the cruise lines, they relaxed their cancellation policy, as I mentioned, and, you know, rebooking policies across the board as the pandemic continued. And as a result, customers are a lot more comfortable making reservations, knowing that they can reschedule or they can cancel without the fear of penalties. So, you know, I guess we know what, you know, one thing that people have been thinking about for two months as they've been sitting around their house doing nothing, (laughs) and that's taking a cruise. You know, by the same token, though, mobility data from Apple Maps shows that driving route requests have recently peaked above the baseline levels prior to the COVID, um, you know, pandemic. So up 60% from early April. And gas consumption has jumped uh, by 400,000 barrels per day in the week leading up to May 1st. Um, So the expectations are that, you know, this Memorial Day weekend, you know, coming up, we're going to see close to normal amount of driving travel 
as if nothing ever happened. So we'll see, but it, it should be very interesting. Yeah, and Google reports that searches for homes for sale are up 54% um, in April, and that's from the March lows. And it seems to be accelerating even at a faster pace in, in May. And home prices, surprisingly, have not declined compared to last year. Prices were 1.4% higher on average last week compared to the same period last year. And I know a, a gentleman who's in the uh, the mortgage uh, brokerage business, and he's saying between refis and new purchases, they're just slammed yep. in that industry. So, yeah. you know, rates are low, and there's also people buying homes. So, I mean, at least in this area, it's um, it's pretty positive. Yeah, it is pretty interesting to see how this has gone down in certain industries, you know, have been massively helped, you know, by the pandemic with increased spending in certain areas, as we've all heard of. Um, you know, so although retail sales are down, Walmart, for example, saw a 74% surge in online sales this past two months, and that resulted in an overall 10% jump in their overall sales for the first quarter. Um, so they were massively helped by it. Um of course, you know we know all retail news is not is not not uh, positive. positive yeah. You know for sure. I mean, on the other hand, there are department stores that are falling into bankruptcy. J.C. Penney filed this week for bankruptcy. We had J. Cruz file for bankruptcy a couple weeks ago. Um, of course, you know these are retailers that have been struggling for a long time because they failed to successfully transition to a vibrant online presence. And so these are ones that have been on the bubble for quite a while, hurting. Um, but there's no doubt, you know, I mean, the, the economy will recover in time from this pandemic. And we're going to see most industries return to their pre-pandemic levels once it's behind us. Um, you know, most analysts seem to think that, you know, around the end of the year is when we're going to see most businesses fully recover. Of course, there are going to be some changes in businesses. I mean, you know, everything, you know, is not going to come back the same and there will be some permanent disruptions. Yeah, I think the key to all this um, is a, a vaccine. I mean, there, there's going to sure. have to be a cure, particularly for the older population. There's going to have to be, and it seems like every day there's a new potential out there. So, yep. gosh, you look there, at the, There are some exciting ones that came out this past week. Everywhere <laughs> around the world, people are working on this. So it just, like, for me, optimism, you know, is, is um, I've always been optimistic about that being resolved. Don't know when it's going to happen. But, you know, the other thing that's been impacted, Steve, is large conferences uh, and the hotel industry that are attached to those certainly has suffered uh, as well. I've I had a conference in May that was canceled, and it was rescheduled to July yeah. in Florida. And I don't know how it's going to – I don't think they're going to be able to do it. And I don't know why they only yeah. pushed it back two months. But um, certainly um, you know, we see sports um, and, and entertainment uh, hopefully going to return to the level before this pandemic. But um, you know, once the vaccine um, is out there, uh, I would imagine that th things are just going to go back to normal quicker than not. Yeah, I'm just wondering – I mean, I think there will be some disruptions. I think like the, the event industry, for instance – I think there's going to be more online events, you know, and there's mm -hmm. going to be let, there's going to be a bigger reluctance for people to schedule this huge, massive event. They have to plan a year out, you know, where they have people flying in for some big, you know, show or something conference and to put yeah. all that money down, knowing that it can be disrupted like it was this time and knowing that you could do some online thing that's a lot cheaper and simpler. I just think there's going to be some disruptions in industries like that, yeah, you know, and, and the hotel industry will probably you know, catch it on the chin as a result of that. But nonetheless, we, we know that one thing's for certain, and that is history has shown that capitalism and our society are very resilient. They've always recovered, moved on, 
to new highs. History shows that the stock market and the economy, you know, they can adjust very quickly and they have always recovered in time and moved on to, to new highs. Um, so all the experts seem to agree that it's going to be no different this time. So our prescription, certainly for those out there listening with your investments, is to remain patiently invested diversified, knowing that if you do, you know, you are likely going to recover with the markets and it will likely be sooner than you think because markets usually do recover faster than most people expect. So um, anyway, but there are some surprising parts of the economy that have really, um, you know, shot up here and, and mm-hmm. are, are seem to be on the road to recovery faster than you ex- expect. All right, and that leads up here to our uh, question of the week. Yes, question has to do with um, pulling out money to pay taxes. Should I pull it out of my IRA uh, or retirement account to pay the taxes I owe for last year? And I, I mean, it depends if if there's if you have some cash on the side, you can leave your your you know your IRA alone, let it recover, um, which it's right. it's been doing obviously in uh, in April. Um, and uh, when you do pull out of an IRA, you have to pay taxes. Generally, That's so right. um, yeah, if you have some another source, then that may be a better better solution. Yeah, I wouldn't take it out of your IRA if you could, if you can avoid it. I mean, that's retirement money, and you know, it's uh, it's going to be painful. It is going to kick. It might kick into a higher tax bracket if it's a lot. Um, but having said that, you know, I mean, you can take up to a hundred thousand dollars this year without a penalty, even if you're not fifty nine and a half. Um, yeah, if you've been impacted. To, yeah. yeah, due to COVID, if you if you've been impacted, which I think everybody can say they have. Generally, so yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's a good question of the week, no doubt. All right, and that leads up to our next topic here, and that is, um, you know, first quarter earnings. You know, back to the future, John. Earnings are looking. Not so good right now. No, they're not. And this comes from uh, FS Investments. And, um, you know, this is a pretty detailed look at, at earnings and kind of how the markets look. And, Steve, we see the first quarter earnings per share for S&P 500 firms fell 14% year over year. It was the worst quarter uh, since the global financial crisis. And, you know, additionally, the other interesting thing is a record number of companies withdrew their earnings guidance. I mean, they're just, yeah. they can't see into the third and fourth quarter right now. So, um, you know, and even with that, those negative things, you know, the markets have certainly, um, you know, peaked up here a little bit. We'll kind of talk about why in a minute. But, um, you know, if you look at history, then, uh, you know, you can kind of get some guidance on this. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and now may not seem like, you know, it, it may not seem like ancient history, but earnings began 2020 on a very trepid footing, you know, as labor market um, cost ate into margins, you know, just as the global growth was was challenging um, the revenue outlook. But beginning in March, you know, the coronavirus, you know, pandemic, of course, completely sh- shifted the narrative. States began issuing these stay-at-home orders, in effect, shutting down large portions of the economies. And the unique nature of the crisis has had this disproportionate impact on certain industries. You know, the technology sector, they were buoyed by the stay-at-home darlings like Amazon and Netflix has become the ultimate defense sector now, which is kind of strange. (laughs) Never has been in the past. You know, meanwhile, the consumer discretionary financials, energy sectors, you know, have been rocked by the specific challenges, the shuttered stores, the ultra low interest rates and the plunging oil prices, respectively. So it's it's been a very unique shift. Yeah. And in earnings season, obviously, people are watching that market participants are trying to glean insight into the winners and the losers. 
uh, the current circumstances. And, you know, Steve, it didn't fundamentally change the, the behavior and the process that the markets use. And, and here's a key statement. Markets are relentlessly forward-looking. And, uh, you know, many companies have have never been as unsure of their own prospects as right now. As a matter of fact, there's 137 uh, of the S&P 500, um, you know, companies or about 30% that they, they've withdrawn their guidance for 2020. I mean, that's yeah. an interesting number. Um, and to be fair, forward guidance has always been certainly a, a dubious practice, but there are a lot of folks that are not able to see, which is some concern for the markets. There's not a way to tell what third and fourth quarter is going to be, but they're starting to look at 2021 and 2022 yeah. as well. So, And just for the people out there that may not follow you know, the stock market and earnings and that kind of conversation, you know, just to explain the process. I mean, companies, they issue guidance on on what their earnings will be, you know, three months, six months, even even, you know, nine months down the road. They typically tell the analyst, yep. you know, they announce what they think it's going to be, you know, to give them some idea of kind of how they're doing and what it looks like. Well, now companies have stopped doing that because they're like just throwing up their hands saying, I don't know. We yeah. have no idea, yeah. you know, what we're going to look like a year from now or six months from now. And normally that's taken as a bad sign to say, oh, my goodness, you know, you're you, you don't know where you're going to be. Then that means you must be in big trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not telling us um, and they get punished for that. But that doesn't seem to be the case this time around. Um but still, the act of removing guidance for the entire year does speak volumes about the kind of the current environment. I mean, companies and the analysts who cover them have essentially thrown up their hands and said, you know, we really don't have any idea of where we're going to be. And even more astonishingly, markets, which have theoretically, you know, de declined to reward uncertainty or punished uncertainty, have not really punished these firms for this. You know, firms that have pulled back their, their estimates for the future – um, underperformed the broad market by only 0.3%, but almost nothing yeah. on average. Um, and so, um, you know, that's in, in versus a two and a half percent drop for an earnings miss. If you miss your earnings drop, you, you get punished, punished but right. in this case, they've, they've given no guidance. So they're, yeah. and they really haven't been punished for that. Which is interesting because markets are living in, uh, what feels like an alternate dimension where future earnings for multiple years down the road, so 2021, 2022, appear more certain, right, right. than what <clears throat> earnings are this year. Which is backwards. It is yeah. backwards, yeah. historically. And, um, you know, this this uh, market certainly plunged in the qu quickest bear market in history, but the stock market has rallied to recover more than half of that uh, drawdown. And data would imply that there are two main reasons why equity markets have rebounded this way. First, uh, while expectations for earnings this year have fallen precipitously, earnings expectations for two years down the road, markets are looking out to 2022, have not declined nearly as much as what we saw in 2008. So here's kind of what this article is saying. In 2008, they were looking out two years in, uh, to 2010, and they had expectations for market for the earnings to be down 26%. So far in 2020, expectations for 2022 have only fallen around 13%. So the general consensus in the markets as you're looking at all the companies and the industries, and obviously no one knows, we're not trying to predict the future here, right? Right, Past right. performance does not guarantee future results. But this is a little different. It went down really quick, and we, we know earnings have been impacted this year, but the consensus is in 2021 and 2022, earnings will start to recover, and we'll get back to more of a normal type earnings uh, cycle. 
Yeah. So what you're saying is basically, I mean, this is a, the, 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 the feeling this time is this is very temporary, you know, and, and analysts and, and stock investors are looking at it that way, too, saying that, you know, it's not going to be uh, they think that, you know, this earnings drop is not going to be permanent at all. It's going to yeah, be totally fix itself. It's not, it's not like 2008. I mean, that was like, the you know, the industries were crumbling and there was no projection yeah. of how they were going to get out of it. This, the cure, will get us out of this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what that's what people were saying this time around, is what it looks like from the data. And so about earnings, you know, <clears throat> um, I mean, earnings are important and they yeah. do still matter, you know. I mean... I mean, the tone for these calls has been that it's it's very uncertain uncertainty. It's it's highlighted the uncertainty more than market pricing would imply. You know, I mean, many companies talk about their earnings calls um, have been heightened by this COVID nineteen related cost dealing with worker safety, cleaning, investments in the new technology. <clears throat> um, but the economic recovery from the, you know, this kind of devastating labor market downturn is far from certain. And, you know, once we finally get back to some sort of post, you know, pandemic world, um, there'll be this massive, you know, amount of unknowns that are kind of waiting for us. And, uh, you know, there's just going to be a whole nother fresh round of U.S.-China tensions yeah. probably that are come out of this. There'll be other worries. There will be other worries, but <laughs> right, right yeah. now, you know, it's it's uh, we're just kind of in this black hole. Yeah, and it is true that the you know um, what has driven the stock markets during the expansion has continued to drive the markets today. I mean, mega tech tech companies ha- have done very well, and um, you know the other thing that we haven't really talked about. There's been a massive injection of liquidity from the Fed. Uh, it's yes. helped to push interest <clears throat> rates down. And basically, when interest rates are down, that benefits equities because there's if you're looking to try to make money and you're going to make half a percent in a 10-year yield, then you may take some risk and go into the markets. Um, and so, you know, fundamentals definitely still matter. I mean, markets have so far priced in a massive hit to 2020 earnings. Consensus estimates for um, quarter two is a 42% decline wow. in earnings. <clears throat> that's and, a, um, that's unbelievable it's massive it really <laughs> is and um so the question is going to be in third quarter and fourth quarter what does that look like and that's still still being debated out there but the impetus for markets uh to experience further volatility is probably unlikely to be poor economic data in the near term it's going to be rather a realization that the crisis will have more lasting negative impacts again going out to 2021 right. 2022 right. Um, and these risks uh, include not only uncertainty related to the path of the pandemic and an economic recovery, but also uncertainty on how the world's going to look post-crisis. So, I don't know, just an interesting discussion on earnings. It really yeah, is it is fundamental. And, I, and it obviously relates to the stock market and what the market's doing. I will say there's one thing that the average person doesn't understand about the stock market, and that is the role the Fed has played in shoring up oh, confidence. You know, it's oh, it's been, huge. It's been unprecedented. If you're not in this industry, you don't really, you don't really, you know, listen to those kind of conversations on Bloomberg and places like that. But the Fed has done an amazing job. You know, they've used tools that never were thought possible to kind of shore up confidence with investors that, you know, they're not going to let companies just fail because of 
because of a lack of confidence in their business, yeah. you know, and their ability to pay back loans. I would go as far as saying if the <clears throat> Fed hadn't done what they've done, we, I mean, we would obviously be in a much worse situation economically worse, yeah. and the markets and so forth. I mean, so. the Fed have bought bonds from corporations yeah. and, you know, across the board municipalities now, and they've done that to shore up the confidence that, hey, we're not going to let this we're not going to let this fail just because of liquidity issues. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be because they can't borrow money. They've kept borrowing costs down by, by buying bonds, and we'll see how this all unfolds. But it's, it's very unique, very different, it is. and but it has made a massive difference in people's confidence, and that's one reason why the stock market has hung in there and, and uh, you know has kind of moved on and looked past this, this pandemic. Um, for that very reason. So anyway, great discussion on earnings. So, all right. And that brings us up to our final discussion. And that is the prescription of the week. Yes. Yeah, tired of being stuck in your home, Steve? Uh, yeah, Go I am, John. Uh, well, thank you. I'm going to take your advice. Yes. I'm <laughs> doing that next week. <laughs> there are good deals out there, right? There actually are. I mean, hotels are dirt cheap now, and it's just a great time to get out of the house. And you can do social distancing somewhere else. It doesn't have to be yeah. at home. You know, so you do need to be careful. You do need to, to you know, things aren't totally back to normal. No, no but there the are same, risks. But... At the same time, you can do it responsibly and get out of your house and take advantage of the fact that beaches have opened up. Yeah, I've talked to my parents about this. They've been, you know, quarantined in their house for two months, right? They really haven't gone out and done yeah. anything. So yeah. they're actually going to take a little beach trip and, um, you know, they're going to be able to uh, self-isolate on the beach. Where they're going is not going to be super crowded. So... They're really excited about it. I think just a change of scenery is uh, wonderful and uh, does wonders for the mind. Yeah. So. Or you could go to the mountains, go hiking. You can do other things. Yeah. But, you know, you can still stay away from people and do social distancing and order takeout food and take groceries and, yep. you know. Be so careful. It's a great prescription of the week. All right. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. And let us know if you have questions. You can link to us there. You can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 